be here with the people. Pleasure to be here with yourself, my guy. Thank you so much, man. And um, I got some questions for you, for everyone. Zilla hasn't called in yet, so we're just going to get started without him. And when he calls in, we'll fill him in. My first question today to you, my bro, is um, talk to us about your early life. Like, what was it growing up? Let's say four to what? Eleven? Uh, four to eleven. Four to eleven. Yeah. Best times because you're naive to reality of how hard life is for your parents, for your family. Big facts. It's just a case of you're just growing, learning, you know, figuring out yourself. Mm. But ultimately, just having fun. Yeah. Um, from the age of four to eleven, that's yeah, pretty much primary school years. I used to live in Germany, used to live, yeah, in Germany for quite a couple of years prior to that. Yeah. Used to live in an area called Tidworth. Okay. Which is like near Andover, I believe, or somewhere, like two hours South, away. Southeast England, somewhere. Yeah. Who knows? Just away from black people. <laughs> Civilization as we yeah, know it. Literally. You know, but it was, it was okay. It was a great experience. I mean, um, it was pretty much what you would see on that like, Disney Channel in terms of live in a calm area, no danger, the kids outside, you know, water fights, cycling in the area, playing football in the area till it's dark, you know, Bro. parents calling you guys to come inside at eight o'clock because no one wants to come inside, you know. Um, didn't really see colour, the fact that there wasn't really that many black people. I think I was only conscious of it maybe one period of my life from the ages of four to 11. So how many would you, so between the ages of four to 11, how many predominantly race, racial places where you in and like how many times did it ever like did it ever feel like raw no one actually looks like me here yeah i mean it was 90 percent of the time it was it was white 10 percent black um obviously uh, no not obviously sorry but my my father was in the army yeah um so it was a case of whatever we had to go wherever he had to go family follows you know um so with that being said we had to move to like a countryside yeah um and other than the the other black families where their parents were in the army with some sort of some sort of rank, yeah, there was no one else that was really black in the area, and you, I didn't really notice it because thankfully, when you're that age, many kids don't see color; yeah, they're just don't. having fun. You just you know? see, oh, this guy is cool. Yeah, literally, you just knock on this guy's door. He wants to come out. You play football, whatever, yeah. whatever. You know. So, um, what age would you say you became conscious of it? Conscious was eight years old. Um, what, I was, think what was the first moment? First moment we was in primary school, me and my stepbrother. Um, yeah, I think we was in like year two or year three. Yeah. We went to the school for about four months, three months. I just remember no one really playing with us at lunchtime. Bruh. No one really sit, really wanted to sit beside us, kind of thing. Um, the, some of the some of the, the the flashbacks in my head are quite blurry, but some yeah. of them are quite vivid. And I just remember me and um, my stepbrother called Leslie. Um, yeah, we just didn't really hang around with anyone. No one really connected with us. And at the time, I didn't, I'm not, when I was young, I wouldn't say I was that emotional. Yeah. So it was a case of, I just remember our parents, my parents just pulling us out of school and Bro. just going to another school. And then when we went to another school, I realized how friendly those kids are. And um, my parents ended up telling me, you know, the reason why we left that school. But for me, I think, I think maybe it's a case of me being the eldest child. I've always kind of used to being by myself. Yeah. So when we went to a school, as I didn't have that many friends, it didn't really impact me because as soon as I left school, mm. the kids in the estate, the kids in the block, as you call it, they're my friends. Yeah. So I didn't really overthink it until we left. And I was like, oh, that's what we was going through. But ultimately that was one probably bad blip in the space of six years, seven years. Fuck so yeah. overall, it was, like I said, it was a Disney Channel experience where it was a case of, you know, we get picked up by the yellow yellow bus, comes out, comes on our road. Oh, you sit beside someone on the bus and you're singing like, you know, um, the songs, you know, bus songs or you've got <laughs> uh, match attacks and stuff like that and okay, stuff like that. And you're okay. just, you know, doing that kind of stuff. You know, it's just, it was just real. You know, like I said, I can't emphasize enough. It was what you saw on Disney Channel. 
you know, just going to different schools and just cross country football tournaments, that tournament. It was a great experience, but every high has some lows as well. Right, dude, that's crazy. So Disney Channel from the ages what four to eleven. Yeah, Disney Channel vibes from four to eleven. Yeah, definitely, definitely. I think when it came to when we when me and the family moved to London, that's when everything changed. Okay, we're gonna we're gonna get into that. But t- before we get into that, tell me about some of your idols growing up and some of your main influences in life. Idols growing up, definitely family. Okay. Um. Yeah, definitely family. I don't have any. Older, older siblings um, Both of my parents Are only children So therefore I don't have Immediate cousins Or anything like that Ah uh, yes And on top yes. of the fact that <clears throat> We moved a lot I didn't really see A lot of family Other than my immediate family yeah. So My immediate family Were my role models So would you say That makes you Totally reserved today Outside of your business life Yes or no Because I'm a Yes or no I have that side of me Which I keep things to myself And yeah. you're never really Going to know who I am Completely Because everyone's always Got a side to them They keep to themselves And yeah. also I believe that People will try and block your blessings 100% so Especially have, in this Especially this in this society, You know what I'm saying So therefore you have to keep Certain things to yourself 100% And that's a lot of strong will Because yeah. if you can keep things to yourself Then I know that you can hold a secret For somebody else That really trusts you For yeah. example You know um, But yeah yeah. That is So what Main influences That could be Main influences would be My 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 two fathers Two fathers Biological okay. dad Stepdad Yeah Um, Main influence would be yeah, my grandparents and my mother, really. Okay. And they all have their own different sense of how they've influenced me in life. But yeah. I would say definitely those five people, massive, 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 massive. So for a kid that moves from that school to this school, country to country, this part of the UK to that part of the UK, and everything's just, it's unsettling as a kid. Yeah, but... It's okay. <laughs> it's okay now, but at the time, was it like, bro? I don't. I might make a friend, and then six months, I'll be like, oh, this is a lot, my last day at school. Yeah, yeah. I mean, creating fr- long-standing relationships has always been an issue. Yeah. Uh, mainly because of the fact that we moved a lot. You know, family moved a lot. I went to I think about seven or eight different primary schools. Right. Yeah, and that's just a case of we was in we was in England one point, then we moved to the countryside, then we left the countryside, went to Germany, and then yeah. came back. You know, so. <clears throat> Was was a good experience. It was a good experience, you know, and, and the experience I had as a childhood, a, a lot of people would love to have that experience a hundred, hundred percent because coming to London just made me see how close-minded everyone is because they haven't had experiences, you know. All they know is their area, whereas London was the last place I knew, you know. Mm. London was a place of, we, I come here, for, you know, every couple of times a year for maybe a week or two weeks to see some family members in London. But other than that, it was countryside. It was on holiday or, you know, living in Germany. So what's one thing you say that you do now that if you had never moved back into the city, you it wouldn't be a part of your regiment? Like completely? Difficult question. I feel like I'd just be a whole different person. Um, I remember being in Germany yeah, and got to the point where it was like, I love this place so much, but I realised I didn't fully fit in. Good man, let's prepare for the new week. We've got three camps happening this week, so. Oh, sh- oh yeah, half term floating, isn't it? Yeah, half term, man. When the, when the parents get to rest, we don't rest. We all the money, we want right. the money. All right, let's introduce this once more. Hello to all the folks at home. This is a special episode. Episode 10 is the masterclass sports play motion collab that everyone's been waiting for i got zilla on the phone zilla say what's up to the people 
As you know it, good evening, good afternoon, good morning, good night, wherever you are listening, thank you for tuning in. And as I said, all the time, if you change your mindset, you change your circumstances, and hopefully the masterclass, I help you. Um, let me say this before we even get any further. Yeah. All the listeners, whatever you're listening to, put them into action. Practice the principles. If it don't work, then at least you can't say they're talking bullcrap. But if it works, adapt it to your lifestyle and move on. Because after time we get carried away and we have too much information swirling around. But information is not knowledge, it's the action. 100%. So, yes. Wise Let's words. get it. All right. That was Zilla across the table from me rocking his SPM merchandise. Link in the description. Go get that. Go get that. We got Mike C, Coach Mike, Coops the rapper. <laughs> we got a man of many personalities, the motivational speaker Track himself. speaker, come on, man. Mike C, nice to meet you, man. My guy, man. Blessings, man. Thank you for having me, you guys. Thank you. Zilla SQ, thank you for having me, man. It's a pleasure. So, yes, sir. Welcome to the masterclass, man. We're just gonna, we just want to know about you. Let the people know yourself about you. And um, yeah, man, let's get let's get started. Yeah, man. So, who um, is Mike C? Your first question is Mike C. It's a deep one already. Um, Mike C. is a he's a he's a calm, conscious guy that's you know just in the process of living out his purpose. Um, and I still feel like there's still so much of my purpose that I'm still yet to discover. You know, mm-hmm. but at this moment in time, I think my purpose is to help the young people to help. To you help mean you un- you, there's more of your purpose you need to uncover. When you discover something, that means it, it wasn't there. Uh, there we go then. There we go. Then. So you have the purpose; you just need to unlock it. No, about hundred percent. Yeah, hundred percent. Because I feel like you know, once you achieve certain goals, there's always more to achieve. You don't just settle. Because I feel like if you just settle at that moment in time, then I'm overthinker. So I feel like you know, once you, I, get, I, you get complacent, get complacent, get complacent, then I feel like God might take my life away. I'm not, I'm not living up my purpose for all. So is that how you think for all? That's how I think. No, I, I'm, I'm scared. I'm scared when I get to the end of the process and I'm like, oh my days. You're just gonna wake up one day and what hear this now? Noise. Yeah, what now? Chapter close and you want start. A hundred percent. A hundred percent. Wow. Yeah. GTA KO. <laughs> but um, yeah, Mike's here. So um, the question I've got to you is explain. We we talked a bit about about your idols and main influences growing up. Talk to me now about your high school life. High school life. High school was he was cool. The man I am now is not the guy I was then, but then again, that was ten years ago. So no one's who they were ten years ago. Really that would be an issue. Okay. Um, but yeah, for me, school was a, it was a cool experience. It was an experience of me finding myself socially more than anything. Um, I think it kind of goes back to your previous question of you know the consistent fact that we had to move around every couple of years and change my friendship groups. Yeah. When it came to <clears throat> moving to England and starting high school, it was yeah. a case of okay, I realized that everyone already had a social group. Mm-hmm. Who do I know? You know, so, so school was a lot about figuring out who who I'm trying to be. Am I trying to be the guy that likes to fight a lot? Yeah. The guy that gets all the girls, the guy that does the football, you know, the guy that just studies. Who, who are you trying to be? And I yeah. feel like in school, everyone's trying to find themselves, and of they, course, of course. you know, they they you know indulge in different social groups to figure out who they are. Yeah. Some kids, you know, they set up for one group. Some kids float. For me, I was just a floater. Okay. Um, but yeah, school school was a was a cool experience. Um, I didn't finish with anything great. Yeah. So therefore, I didn't go. I didn't go there for the purpose of school. <laughs> but yeah. yeah, it was cool. It was cool. I can't complain. Looking at sitting where I am now, I can't complain. But yeah, that's what, I mean, everyone on this episode right now, we didn't do that well in school. So, you know what I mean? I don't really ask that question to Pope 
fun or nothing. It's yeah, just like, literally just it a is question. what it is, man. For me, I find that as motivation. You know, yeah. when I speak to people that got degrees and ten GCSEs, and I'm like, what are you doing at GCSEs now? You know. Yeah. But for me, it's like life is my school. Okay. You know, and I feel like. But then you see, here's a, here's a difference now because you see smart people mm-hmm. always behave like they're intelligent. Mm. And I know it's a strong statement, and I'll explain why. A smart person is very intellectual in terms of a specialist or whatever subject that they studied in, they're diverse into it, right? So if they're an accountant or a lawyer or a doctor or, I don't know, whatever profession they choose to go into, yeah? They become a specialist at it. And the best person always, they're on top of the food chain, i.e. they get the big bags, they make hundred and something thousand a year and all of that jazz, yes? The intelligent person is the one who employed a smart person. Yeah. Because the way the thing set up, it's set up for the smart person to specialize in whatever they do. So I am not freaking smart to do this and do that. So I have to get the person who's smart enough to do it. Because, yeah, they're smarter than me, but they're not intelligent. 100%. I just not that disrespect or try to say, boy, you don't have any purpose. It's just the fact that they always look down on you because you don't sit in the position that they're sitting. Like, oh yeah, you got three degrees and you went to university and so what? Yeah, it still work for me though. Who gives a fuck? Hundred percent for me is for me it's a case of everyone has to play their role. Okay. Um, and yeah, just just em- embrace the role that you're given. Yeah. And perform to the best of your ability. Okay. You know, because for me, I wasn't always sitting at the top of my tree, the SBM tree. There's been so many times throughout these whole years. Of you know being a worker as you would call it is where I'm I'm a soldier yeah. you know I'm being led and I'm and I'm learning from the person I'm trying to absorb as much information as I can from the leader yeah. till one day I'm gonna get the opportunity to become my own leader and have my own team you know yeah. so so speaking on becoming a leader talk to me now about working before SPM and also talk to me I heard something for the great bound about something about Cooper's play explain to the folks at home what that is yeah Cooper's play was division before SPM. Cooper's Play is, you know, it's just a different name. Um, it was a case of, I got this inspiration from my little brother, yeah. you know, um, but it was a case of he never really liked sports, never really had an interest in sports. And for me, we come from a very sporty background in terms of not always playing it, but it was always on the TV, okay, you know? Yeah, so yeah. for me, I didn't, I wouldn't say I regularly started playing football consciously up until I was like 15. Okay, okay. Obviously, I was playing as a kid, you know, U7, U8 football. But then there was a massive gap, the foundation phase, they call it. And for me, um, you know, one of the great things my father said was watch the game, watch the game, watch the plays that you want to play in the Mm. position. And for me, it was a case of I absorbed and learned the sport of watching it. So my little brother didn't watch the sport. He didn't have an interest in playing or watching. I was like, okay, different character. And then it came to a point when he attended an after-school club, I think it lasted for about six weeks. Yeah. And that's when I was like, oh, okay, he does like a sport and that's cool, you know. Um, and I felt like my little brother was excited that during that six-week period. And then it came to the sixth week or the seventh week, and I remember him coming home early. Um, and I remember asking him, like, why are you here? And he's like, yeah, club's done, you know, there's there's no more club. And, you know, from that moment, in all honesty, I felt like he was never the same in terms of I didn't see that kind of enjoyment from sport ever again, Big man, you know. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, so for me, I was like, wow, like, if okay, if I, I obviously love football, but if I can build like a sports business, like a company for kids that don't just like football or just like basketball, but, you know, they just need an introduction into sports for yeah. them to figure out if they actually like, if they don't like it. So rather than having something, rather than having one particular sport, mm-hmm. can I build a multi-sports company where if you don't like football, you might like dodgeball. 
Yeah. You might like cricket, you might like tennis, Definitely. but we're going to try and provide everything for you so that you want to come back to our establishment. Of course, you know? of course. So that's, that's originally where Cooper's Play came from and made a lot of trial and error mistakes. Obviously, I was 18, 19, so, yeah. you know, invested a lot of money into the business without making the right moves or, you know, speaking to the right people. Um, but then by that point, it was a case of, you know, you have to learn and you have to go through the process. And I went through that process of making the mistakes um, trying to correct those mistakes and transition from Cooper's play to sports play motion. So um, just to be in a bit of retro aspect there, you said your father told you to watch the game. What game are you watching? I know you're a Man United fan. Yes, I'm just watching all games, man. So is this I'm just a football fan. period of um, Sir Alex Fallon? Yeah, this is where we dominated. Okay, yeah? okay. This so is why SPM sense. is red. Yeah, <laughs> for people that don't know, Man United. Okay. You know, obviously when it was my era, we, we, we grew up winning. You yeah. know, and I used to see my dad watching Manchester United, really, from what I can remember. Yeah. And remember us winning, you know. Yeah. I think 2005 was the first time I took it in. That's when we signed, like, Park G. Sung from PSV, £4 million pounds or something like that. Jesus. Yeah, Roy Carroll slipping it against Tottenham, you know. So, But I've also heard through the grapevine that you used to be a Chelsea fan growing up. Yes, yes. <laughs> it was Arsenal fan too, no? Oh, God. Jesus. See, th- these are things I don't remember, you know. <laughs> It was Arsenal, then he went to Chelsea. Oh, and then, Jesus. Then well, when I get him, people, you know, don't say that to the people. Then I get him into football, yeah. and then from get him into football, then the whole thing just snowball. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I'd, definitely, my dad, you know, drove me to the right direction. That's so now say. you're Man United till death. Oh, till death. So you if you have a kid, are they Man United till death? Or? Hopefully. I'm always going to do that thing where, like, if I have a woman yeah. and she supports a different team, we're going to get both jerseys, put okay. it on the floor. And I'm going to say to my you, walk and pick one up. <laughs> and and if, from if, there? From there. And if you don't pick up the one I want, subconsciously, I'm still going to try to influence you anyway. <laughs> <laughs> that is mad. So um, talk to us now about your motivational speaking stage. Yeah, motivational speaking was a, was a great moment in my life. was a real eye-opening moment. The videos are still online now. Still online now. Almost so 10 happy. years. Almost 10 years. Oh, I'm not that old, my friend. But yeah, I think it's like Ten five, years six and like years. Three years. Yeah, yeah. Three, to be years. fair, I recorded those videos when I was twenty, twenty-one. Good moment in my life. Very anxious moment in my life. I've never really been a camera guy. I've never really been a social media guy. So are you more of a camera guy now? <laughs> Not even if you look at my followers, it's poor. <laughs> you know, but like, so what you're saying? You couldn't have like a a film crew f- follow you around for like a week. Now I could. Yeah. Um, because I'm more, I'm more experienced speaking to people, dealing with people. You know, um, whereas before that was my first ever. Real experience, introduction. Of, real introduction of speaking to a camera, not starting with my words, you know, <laughs> not sweating because yeah, of pressure. Up, yeah, 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 yeah. You know, but you know, we come a long way. And like I said, for me now doing SPM for such a long time and speaking to different people, engage with people from different backgrounds and cultures, it enforces you to articulate yourself well and slow yourself down, and you know, um, just be more confident in yourself. That's mad. But yeah, tra- um, Mike, see the tracksuit speaker, motivational speaker that came from the inspiration um, of. Initially, my friend called Sutra, yeah. um, he showed me a, a guy, a motivational speaker called Eric Thomas, Big Up ET, changed my life. Um, and Eric Thomas, in summary, is a lot like a how I love a football coach, where they, they're very loud, they yeah. shout, they show a lot of passion. Yeah. And, you, and they, you can see that they care through their passion. Yeah. Um, and a lot of the messages he, he said that during his YouTube videos and stuff really resonated to me because a lot of his messages were very similar to my dad's you know, messages, you know, um, which unfortunately, yeah, yeah, yeah. So my ex- Eric Thomas 
reminded me a lot of my dad yeah. um, in terms of the advice and how he was as a life coach and stuff like that. And I found it really inspiring. And I thought at that moment in time, it helped me, it uplifted me, it changed my mentality. Okay. And I wanted to do that for other people. You know, so I started working and uh, speaking in a couple of schools, um, going to like different seminars, speaking with people, you know, that had way more experience. that had their own masterclass, had their own team, um, just trying to gain knowledge. So um, would it ever come back? Absolutely. Yeah? Absolutely. If you could put like a, like within the next two, three, wh- when when would the deadline be so <laughs> we can call the dev team and get this in the process? A <laughs> couple of years, I would say realistically next three years maximum okay okay um the reason why i took a step back from uh motivational speaking was a case of i wanted to build my success story yeah a lot of feedback i got from people was i know what i'm talking about i yeah. sound good but i'm 21 years old at the time yeah. so yeah i have a little bit of trauma but what have you done with that trauma what yeah. have you trans what have you transformed it into mm-hmm. um and when i spoke to someone and they and they told me that i was like wow it makes a lot of sense i can't be ignorant at this moment in time yeah so I thought to myself, let me build myself, let me build Mike, let me build the business, let me build everything. So when I come back to time to speak, mm. I'm speaking of real, you know, of real, um, of authenticity, authenticity, sorry, in terms of just, just realness. Like I've lived it. So if it's three years, the deadline you put on for, um, three years is the deadline for the motivational speaker to return. Mm-hmm. Can we like, for everyone at home, I know they need like even if it's like a thirty to a forty-five minute documentary. <laughs> this guy's onto me, guys. Like for real though, because mm, you, mm. I just see you doing more and more shit, and it's like, but it's like I need a backstory. I need yeah. something to follow. Yeah, so yeah. Even yeah. if you had a team following you around for a month, and then you released it four or five months later. No, but that is the plan. That is the plan. The plan is to come back and you know be a social presence and okay. have my face there. And like I said, speaking for me is what I love doing. Yeah. It's what I love doing. It's, I feel like it's my biggest strength on the pitch. Yeah. As, you know, my my football history, my career history, shall you say, my playing history is football. Yeah. You know, at amateur level, semi-professional level. And um, one of my strengths, as I say, is just, is just talking. I can just read the game and I just instruct. So... Therefore, I can translate all of that talking on the pitch, all of that talking in the dressing room onto a stage, mm. onto a podium, you know. That's mad. Yeah. So, what position did you play growing up? What was your favourite position to play as well? well? I thought you really being a centre-back, you know. Yeah. My parents told me I used to be a striker. Oh, so I don't yeah, In your youth? Yeah, my youth. Okay, you seven okay. days, you eight days, you know, toe punt days. <laughs> but you mentioned earlier that you missed the foundation stage of playing football. Had you have done those years, what position do you think you would have played? It's a good question. It's a good question. Um, I'm not too sure. I just remember when we was living at an area called Tidworth, I remember being a striker. Yeah. And I remember this training session very vividly where it was indoors. I think it was indoors because like, it was winter time. Yeah. Um, and it, it used to be every Wednesday night see, in see, Andover. See, see, see. Right, Wednesday yeah. nights. I remember one particular training session where I got devoted from a striker to like a defender. Um, and they used to, they didn't have goals, but they had like three cones. Okay. And you have to kick the cones to score. Yeah. And I'm telling you, yeah, I was like maybe two yards away from the cone and I was missing. Oh, right. I remember that session like it's yesterday, yeah? And from that from that session there, I remember the coach like putting his arm around me. He's like, yeah, it's okay. And you see when the game came on a Sunday? <laughs> I was, suddenly, I was a defender. Oh, my. And it was okay. It was like, it is what it is. But that's when I really, you know, embraced the likes of, dad used to say, you know, watch Maldini, watch Rio Ferdinand, mm. Ashley Cole, all them players. And I'm like, okay, I love this. Aggression? Mm. 
This reminds me of WWE. You know, let me slide it on the brother. You know? So <laughs> I embraced the new role. So I got one question that I asked about five people before this this episode. What's the one question you want to ask Mike C? Everyone wants to know if you have any special lady in your life right now. <laughs> no comment. Are you not embarrassed? This is really no, embarrassing. I, I'm, you know me. I'm just I'm just living my life, living my purpose. Okay. Um, I would I would love a good woman to come in my life because I feel like a lot of um, a lot of people that are successful, they always I, I try to follow their formula. What is know? their formula? And a lot of a lot of successful people always say finding a good woman mm-hmm. will make a difference in your business will make a difference in your life okay and at first i used to be kind of arrogant towards it. i used to be like what i can do it myself i don't really need a woman you know like, oh. but then the older i get the more i understand if you actually have that you know that support system you need a you need that rider chick there boy. there you go you know if you have that support system it's gonna it's gonna push you it's gonna help a lot you know mm-hmm. so I trying to find that but not found that yet okay okay you know? so but there yeah man but there yeah man still living my life anyway good the part two to that question i got one more part after the part <laughs> oh god <laughs> would you do you personally have any toxic traits quote unquote and have you met anyone with quote unquote toxic traits wow toxic traits toxic trait i would say i always get good reviews i'm always <laughs> I'm, I'm a good guy <laughs> i'm a good guy Everett. A rat, you know, what I'm saying? <laughs> but um, yeah, no, generally, no person that's ever been with I've ever been with can ever say I'm being a bad boyfriend. I've, I feel like if anything, my, my toxic trait comes down to sometimes my eyes do wonder or have wondered okay, in the past. Okay. It's human nature, though, human nature, human nature, you know, what I'm saying, as Drake said, for the dogs, you know, what I'm saying, not that I am one, but yeah, um, what <laughs> <laughs> answer, and um, question three is. Any of your past entanglement? Which one of your past entanglements would you say you've grown the most from? I would say my most recent entanglement. It's like a relationship or a situationship. There's they're different things, man. You explain your difference between a relationship. People them know, but yeah, relationships. Obviously, when you 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 know you've asked that person to be your girlfriend. <sighs> You, you pop know, the big question. You pop the big question, <laughs> you know, or you've had that conversation that's come into, you know, the atmosphere somehow. Whereas a situation ship is just a case of that's that's just your link. That's your main link. You know? Everett. 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 Yeah, Everett. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So um I would say yeah. But in terms of entanglement entanglement, that's more like a situation ship. Yeah. Um I don't really go into situation ships. I feel like it's a lot of time wasted. Mm-hmm. It can so, be a lot of time so wasted. Are you saying that you've wasted a lot of time? Or a lot of energy within Not a lot Because I know that You know If I start to speak to someone Or I spend time with someone And it's I don't feel something After a little while not Like a short period of time I'm not wasting my time anymore You're just ruining it You know So you're that's why I say Look at my lips You're ruining it <laughs> I, I would say Like my last situation Serious situation Was probably like 19 oh, 20 rah, rah. Yeah. Now it's a case of It's either a relationship Or we're trying to get to know each other, but then it doesn't materialize. So, so you then, what's your the longest situation ship you've ever been in? Wow, long situation ship. Yeah, the one was last nineteen. That one for like seven months, eight months. Eight months. I'd call it that. That's your longest. It's my longest. Where she's not my girl, but she's basically my girl without being my girl. Everett. Everett. <laughs> Everett. Yeah. Damn. Yeah. So um, let's transition a little bit more um into you actually forming spm how did that come about because you said it was cooper play originally take us through the steps from the i had um a mentor at the time 
um, and he had a business called Tennis in Motion. Okay. And when we and we spoke about you know because I was speaking to him about changing the name from Cooper's Play to something else. Okay. And he had Tennis in Motion. And I was like, oh, Tennis in Motion. That sounds cool. That makes sense. And I was like, Sports Play Motion. Mm. You know, I love all sports. We're a multi-sports company. I love playing. If you know me, like parents, kids tell me all the time, like, coach, why are you sweating? You know, because I, I love playing the sport. You love playing. I'm out here in the fields. Right, I just don't want to put the cones down. I want to play as well. You yeah, know, yeah. obviously there's a, there's a thin line between playing like you're one of the players and playing mm -hmm. like a coach. You okay. know, it's never a case of the sessions about me. It's a case of, you know, if I can play and bring some energy to the exercise, some there's intensity some intensity yeah, then some yeah. of the kids love it but there's also times where the kids are like no 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 coach you can't play you know and I step back that's not my role um, but yeah sports play motion because we're always moving we're always in motion so yeah. I thought the three comes together I like you know SPM yeah so it just it just clicked you know thankfully word to my guy Tim helped me out there um, and yeah once it became sports play motion it became real mm. Cooper's play was real but Cooper's play you know looking back now I knew I was very young very inexperienced so during that time when it was Cooper's play, I was getting a lot of no's and I was learning. Mm. Whereas when it came to SPM, this is when I was learning on the job in terms of I got a few more yeses. Now it's about producing, you know. And during that time, of course, you're going you're gonna to like make mistakes as well. But mm -hmm. if you perform, yeah. your performance is going to cancel out the minor mistakes that you make. All right. My next question to you is, how was it for you finding team members for SPM and also... How was it embracing actually being an entrepreneur rather than hearing it from Eric Thomas? Embracing um, is a, it's an amazing feeling. It's definitely an amazing feeling. That's what keeps me up at night. The that, fact that like you're legit that in the right fast now. lane. Yeah, that fact that I'm here right now, it's a lot of pressure. Yeah. Um, but I like pressure. I thrive yeah. on pressure. And um, yeah, I, for me, it's a case of Every for me, every session is like a Champions League final. Okay, um, okay. And the, what I mean by that is a case of you have to perform because if I don't perform, then I'm not gonna have this opportunity again. I hear that. You know, someone's knocking the door. Alright, cool. Yeah. One second, folks. <clears throat> You're just ruining it. You're ru look at my lips. You're ruining it. 